at last. The greatest album of love songs ever recorded. You'll want to share them with someone special. Why do birds suddenly appear? Sung by the man who turned Every a personal affliction into a recording career. Don No Soul Simmons. Just like me, they long to be close to you. Well, greetings and salutations. Uh, my name is Patrick Hamilton. Welcome to the Amazon Women on the Moon segment by segment podcast. Uh, as I said, my name is Patrick, but guess what? Uh, I have a great guest for you. You know him from the Home Video Hustle podcast. It is the one, the only Brent. How are you doing today, Brent? Hey, I'm doing good. Happy to be back. Happy to be talking about Amazon Women on the Moon once again. What? A fucking movie, this is. <laughs> I love it, man. It's a really good film. I mean, there's lots of complicated elements to it. It is not, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's not elements that, that uh, don't come off a little squicky um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in retrospect. That being said, there's a lot of good stuff to it. And we're talking about uh, one of uh, the most interesting and complex segments uh, and that is Don No Soul Simmons and his solo career, uh, where you could ride away to New Jersey and get not one, but two albums of great <laughs> Don No Soul Simmons content, um, which is how all great art needs to be referred to as. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, this segment uh, is also directed by unjailed manslaughter enthusiast <laughs> John Landis. <laughs> So that makes me laugh every time. Because I, I just imagine like him coming out on stage and that's how he gets introduced and that's just his reaction to it. Uh, yeah. I mean, where is he being introduced? This is a good that, question. That's very true, actually. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up John Landis and it will, it will open your eyes. He's not just the director of Animal House and Trading Places. No, he's one of the few directors with a body count attached to his directorial career um and so we're listening to the uh non-threatening music of a master showman <laughs> don no soul simmons and here's where i think we get deep into the career of one david allen greer mm-hmm. this is uh he this is an amazing performance yeah it is um, it feels he, real. Like if somebody, if this was on TV, like if I went to a friend's house and this was playing, I would think it was one of them like Time Life commercials or something. It kind of <laughs> feels like it, like his he's his voice sounds good and it's the way it's filmed. It looks just like those commercials do. It does. He's in a black void, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's in the upside down or something like that, or or the bridge between. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just him, a piano. And an inconveniently placed cha- uh, chandelier <laughs> type. What is that? What, uh, it's not a chandelier. It's, it's a... What would that be called? I mean, you move it and a bookcase opens up. That's yeah. what it is. I don't uh, it, I don't know what that lighting fixture is called. Um, but <laughs> uh, when the camera moves, it conveniently lands right in the middle of the frame and he has to dodge <laughs> to the left and the right to maintain his eye contact. Why do stars fall down from the sky every time you walk by just like me they long to be 
Dan Ellinger is incredible in this because he's literally grabbing the camera by the lens and demanding you look at him in the eye. Mm-hmm. And that's and, you can just tell on his face he's super into it too. It's the way he's this. Oh, I can't even say just the look on his face. It just makes me laugh every time I see it. Just without even hearing him, just the look way he looks. He's he's so focused, mm-hmm. and it's a very controlled performance because he's he's the only one on screen for a lot a lot of it. Yeah, and you have to be into what he's doing, and he just commands that you look at him. And I think that's one of the great things about Greer over the course of his career is like, no matter where he shows up, um, whether it's a quote unquote good or bad movie or, you know, whatever the end result is, he's always good. He's always great. And if you want to see something real different is that when I first saw it, like, as a kid, I laughed because I'm like, this is fake. He can't do this. But now as I watch it as an adult, I'm like, yo, his man's is really showing some little bit of range here. So, but he watched Tales from the Hood. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Ru- oh, Rusty Cundliffe. Um, mm-hmm. that, that is a, a great segment. I, mean, I think some of the stop motion work um, leaves a little bit to be desired. But that being said, like, he can't affect the, the, the special effects. But no. the way he comes off as scary and you would never necessarily associate scary with David Ellen Greer. No, but he has a command over how he comes across Mm -hmm. no matter what he's doing. And so just the way as he is uh, an immediately interesting performer to watch comedically, it's just the same dramatically. Like he, Mm -hmm. uh, as, as the youngins say, uh, understands the assignment and absolutely <laughs> drills down into how to get that across to an audience, whether it's comedy or drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would kill to see this man on Broadway. I bet you he is fucking amazing. You know, he's giving it hundred and ten percent. Yes, one hundred percent. And uh, here he's. Uh, he's singing songs that you you know and love. They're the greatest uh, romance anthems of our time. Songs included on this first album include Sweet Gypsy Rose, Strangers in the Night, Moon River, Three Coins in the Fountain, and the most romantic ballad of them all, How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? That's the one that caught my eye, too, honestly. <laughs> this is a quick, funny story with that. My my uh, sister, when she was real little, there was like this bear that my parents had got her, and it sang that song, mm-hmm. and it scared the hell out of her. <laughs> so when they, when it started moving, she would just like take off running and screaming. So anytime I see that or hear that song, I immediately think of my sister just running across the room screaming. <laughs> I love it. Um, the story that I often tell about how I got into horror movies was the fact that the song that gave me the creeps growing up was the theme to the Pink Panther. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a very jazzy tune, uh, Don Mancini penned. Um, mm-hmm. but it is meant to evoke someone sneaking into your fucking house. Ah, so that is the that is the <laughs> the the element of it that really connected with me is home invasion. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I I got freaked out as a kid to the theme to the Pink Panther. 
Uh, so it happens. Like there's mm-hmm. a reason. There's a reason why <laughs> how much of that doggy in the window could freak somebody out. <laughs> uh, it's possible. Um, but we're not done yet. Um, because there's actually two albums. When when you get his his album of romance classics. And if you act now, you'll get free this bonus album, Don Simmons, Down and Funky. Down and Funky as well. <laughs> and when they immediately cut to him on the keyboard, like pressing the keys all weird, I burst out laughing. <laughs> I think doesn't he start singing? He's like, Jeremiah was a bullfrog is what he starts singing. was a bullfrog was a good friend of mine never understood a single word he said um it's and he's so again committed to this particular bit mm-hmm. um it just <laughs> makes it come alive uh fun classics that are included on this album include puff the magic dragon <laughs> Hang down your head, Tom Dooley, which I, I would love to hear. And of course, uh, the, 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 oh my God, that, and of course, uh, the, the, the song that was too funky for Parliament Funkadelic, the Ballad of the Green Berets. (laughs) I don't even know that one, honestly. Uh, (laughs) Look it up. I'm going to have to listen to it later. Look up, hang your head, Tom Dooley and the Ballad of the Green Berets and imagine someone singing them in a, in some sort of bass heavy funk jam. Um, (laughs) It's a, it's a funny concept. Um, the I unfortunately the couple who was aggressively making out in front of yeah. a fake fireplace are not listed in the end credits of the film, uh, nor can I find out who they are online. Um, uh, but they are stubbornly familiar to me, a child raised by television. So I know I've seen them somewhere. And if you know where they are or who they are, please let us know uh on on the show's twitter we'd love to hear from you and know the mistakes that we made uh every right. podcaster does it's the the thing we most look forward to that was the part uh, that looked the most like the time life commercials too because they would always had a couple by the fireplace like with the <laughs> the glass of wine or something they wouldn't start aggressively <laughs> making out though but. <laughs> yeah you know, don't throw a leg over each other uh there are two things that this reminded me of of course the great uh bit in um uh top secret uh in which uh every time uh the lead couple begin to make out the film uh finds a fireplace <laughs> uh and then this even happens when they start to make out while they're uh, parachuting across enemy lines uh and the second is there is a time life collection called punk mm. um, and punk featured two people in terrible wigs <laughs> looking straight down the fucking pipe of the camera Aww. and like, we can't find songs that we love. Not until we found the album punk. It's got 45 of your 45, of your favorite hits and none of the songs that they list from that moment on. <laughs> Include a single punk song. Oh, I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> that hair is all <laughs> No, it's not real hair. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it is like, it's all new wave stuff, which is fine. But why they're dressed like they're heading off to Headbangers Ball 
Huey and Lewis and the News is on a punk Huey album? Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> I even know that's wrong. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like, again, there's nothing wrong with Erasure. There's nothing wrong with the Human League, Culture Club, Thompson Twins, Tony Basil. These are all fine, but none of them can ever be described in any way, shape, or form as punk. They have one thing leads to another about a fix on here. Yeah, that's a, that is a banger. That I is love a that straight song. up banger. But it is not punk, everyone. It just, my God. I mean, the closest it comes is Billy Idol, who was in the punk band uh, in, in uh, what? It, it, there's an X involved. Um, I can't remember it entirely. I just, I see the top of the pops performance in my mind, but he at least has a lineage of performing with a punk group, mm-hmm. no matter how mainstream it actually was by the time he was in it. But <laughs> they have the Eurythmics on here. The Eurythmics, like <laughs> fucking A, like Devo. The- all right. Now, now you're, now you're into it. The like, Human League. The Human League are very punk. All right. No. I'm about to say, like, hold on. <laughs> Tommy Two Tone, a flock of seagulls. What the? Yeah. It's just 80s that- pop. <laughs> it's straight up 80s pop. Like, In Excess is featured. Again, a got- band I genuinely <laughs> love. Crowded House, a ballad by Crowded House. Yeah. Uh, we recently covered New Year's Evil. I love show. that movie. You do? I love that movie. Why? <laughs> Cause it's so stupid. <laughs> I, I legit just watched it like maybe a, at least at most two months ago. It can't have been that yeah. long ago. I watched it and it just your man just on the Eastern Standard Time, just like it's the <laughs> dumbest movie in the world. And they got the the fake punk. That's right. Yeah, it was a fake punk show. I forgot. Fact, like this is the lamest show. Yes, I mean, l- listen. Here's the thing. You may not know this. You're you're a, sk- uh, a smidge uh, younger than I am by. <laughs> A good two decades. Oh, that being said, um, LA had an actual punk scene at this mm. moment. And they're like, nah, we're going to hire people who have never seen a punk <laughs> in our entire lives. We're going to get two garage bands who are pretty much doing AM rock, um, mm. you know, a full half decade late. Like they've missed out by the music scene. Disco has just put them under uh, there's no anger involved in it. There's no anti-establishment. And at one point, the punks slow mosh to what could be described as like a blues riff, an extended <laughs> blues riff. You're like, what is happening here? Uh, what were we talking about again? Oh, yeah. Don No Soul I'm, I'm sorry. One more. I got it. They put Culture Club on a punk album. Well, uh, I will at least say the Culture Club in that first album and the way they're coming up, they're at least primarily a dub band, right? Yeah. They're taking the the Jamaican dub sound and they're, you know, like what white people do, we gentrify them. <laughs> so they're, <laughs> they're gentrifying it. And boy, George, a legitimately good blue-eyed soul singer. Oh, yeah. Well, so I got a there's a breakdown in Do You Really Want to Hurt Me that mm-hmm. is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, I think it is a, a good song, and it is made great by that breakdown. Like, if, you, if you're hearing the radio version, sometimes they cut that, that breakdown out, and you're like, no, 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 that's the song. That's what I want to hear, mm-hmm. everybody. Got to always go for the 12-inch version. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, 
So yes, that's my, uh, <laughs> that's how deep into culture club I go. <laughs> that's how old I am. Um, oh, I listen to so, it too. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, do we have anything else to say about this incredible collection of love and funk, uh, anthems? I was going to say, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I was like, I wonder if this is where like the inspiration for like Carlton on the Fresh Prince came from. I have to, you are absolutely right. There has to be some sort of lineage of this as an idea because this is, this is in the background. And of course, Fresh Prince doesn't come out for three more years. Man, it might be more than that even. Shit, it might be about five. When did, I know it's early 90s when that show came out. Yeah, it's early 90s because really, you know, um, DJ Jazzy Jeff Fresh Prince, that first album, I want to say, because they're on tour mm-hmm. with Run DMC and um, that is that tour is the first time that I uh, uh, saw like a good, a good many, because they filmed that as the TV pilot for MTV Raps was basically yeah, behind yep. the scenes of that tour. And that's the first time I saw Public Enemy in oh, concert. That's what's up. Uh, I, listen, it's, I, I should not be congratulated for liking the best of <laughs> early hip hop. Like here's undeniably great groundbreaking music. Oh, I liked it. Oh, everyone stand up and clap. <laughs> But see, the thing is, I'm a, I've, well, I grew up as a youngin liking nothing but old school hip hop. So I was around people that didn't know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> so anytime I'm, I ever meet anybody, they're like, oh, I know that. It's like, thank you. I'm glad somebody knows this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like the worst feeling yes. in the world is talking to a girl and they're like, oh, what do you listen to? And I'm like, oh, I like public give me a charcoal question. And they just give you that blank stare like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is that? That ain't, that well, ain't Lil John, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't Drake. Yeah. I mean, this is a thing that is true of all music. It, it, yeah. it kills off older performers because it's an inherently a youth based medium mm-hmm. that is any popular music, you know, d- doesn't respect its elders in any way, shape or form. Although when I was a child and teenager, you would still be allowed to have Aretha Franklin make a, top 10 hit Mm -hmm. she could make pink cadillac and people were like i will listen to aretha franklin and i i'm not entirely sure that that is the same now it's just hyper youth focus there's a logan's run element to all (laughs) pop music and hip-hop it goes across and i'm sure country music as someone who writes for the cma awards um and i will accept that paycheck this house does not pay for itself (laughs) Uh, like that, they kind of kill off older stars in order to make room for younger ones. And you have to make your money when you're hot. Mm -hmm. When did French Fresh Prince, how did we get off on this? Fresh Prince of Bel Air, uh, began airing when? So I know, I know the first album came out in 1987, the Rock the House album, but I can't remember when the show started. I mean, let just, me just look at that real quick. <laughs> just tell me a year. My God, the Wikipedia here. 1990, Benny Medina. Oh, okay. So what's uh, Along with business partner Jeff Pollock, make a TV story based on Medina's life. Yeah, so what? Three years, you're right. Yeah. All, All right. right. I thought so it was- pilot episode taping May 1st, 
and um, yes, it aired in the in the fall of 1990. I was thinking yeah. about it though, because I'm like, I don't know, because I was thinking that maybe the Carlton inspiration, but I don't know. I think this is just the stereotype though, because <laughs> and I was thinking of like yeah. other movies and TV shows where like. You know, the, the, the quote-unquote, you know, the black guy that act white or whatever always has the sweater, always talks with the the type of voice that David Allen encouraged you. I think that's just the stereotype, honestly. And yeah. that everybody just calls it Carlton because that's what everybody's familiar with now. Oh, it's certainly, I mean, the breakout personification of it yeah. has to be Alfonso Ribeiro. That was the apex of it, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, a, a very good car driver. Um, he, huh? <laughs> whenever they, they do, this is the thing about Alfonso Ribeiro that you might not know. Uh, he is in the, he has done the celebrity, um, uh, Grand Prix here in Long Beach. Huh. Um, uh, whenever he became eligible for it and wins it just about every time he's in it. He is legitimately good huh. at competitive car driving. Never so knew that. It's <laughs> That's very true. Uh, my son loves him on America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. So, <laughs> I forgot The tradition that. continues. Uh, <laughs> who doesn't love Alfonso Ribeiro? Essentially giving the performance that David Ellen Greer cut out uh, here. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that just about does it. Uh, Brent, where can people uh, listen and find you on the entirety of the internet. Well, if you hear this and you're like, hey, I want to hear more of that guy, you can go listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast where it's me and my brother PJ, best friend, brother, whichever way you want to put it. I say brother, just my best friend technically. Because some people be like, oh, y'all don't look alike. And like, it's not, I don't mean brother like You that. found your family. That's okay. Exactly. But me yes. and PJ, we watch movies on the Home Video Hustle every Friday. Not good movies all the time, not bad movies all the time, just whatever movie we feel like doing. We don't have no qualms about what movies we watch. It can be Citizen Kane one day, and then it can be Blackenstein the next day. That's how we do it. <laughs> if you want to follow us on Instagram. Blackenstein is not the worst. It's, um, it's not. It's not as good as Blackula. Nowhere near, no. Yeah. But, but there's some there's some very attractive women in Blackenstein, though. It's one of the good things it has going for. I think I gave it like a six out of ten. And some people were mad. They're like, you gave it a six? I'm like, hey, we were entertained enough by it. <laughs> and I paid for it. So I have the blue right now. <laughs> Thanks, several. I have that affliction as well uh, for the Kill by Kill podcast. I like to buy the physical media version of whatever movie we're covering. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I don't have a problem. No. Um, that's what I'm doing with my disposable income. Uh, we release episodes every Friday. We talk about horror franchises and more importantly, the characters that uh, get knocked off in them. We talk about uh, why they exist uh, and what possible motivation they can have for not dying right up until the point they do. Um, and we release every Friday as well. If you want to talk to uh, this podcast uh, about uh, any particular segment uh, you can go to the show's Twitter, which is at A-W-O-T-M-P, all capital letters, uh, uh, Amazon Women on the Moon podcast, uh, the acronym for that. Uh, and do that today. Rate and review us on iTunes or hey. Spotify or wherever you listen. Everywhere. Uh, good pods. Uh, all those places. There's plenty of places to rate and review your favorite podcast these days. And, and based on... Uh, my uh, consistent inability to get reviews. Uh, you won't review this either. Um, but that being said, I hope you do. And I hope you enjoyed your time on the moon with us. 
Uh, so for myself and for Brent, bye-bye, everybody. Peace. This two-record collection is not available in any stores, so order now. Yes, he always had some mighty fine wine.